Dr. Laura Domigan is a Kiwi protein biochemist and tissue engineer, and she is an international leader in the emerging, emerging industry of cultivated meat, laboratory-grown meat. Her work tackles some of our major challenges, greenhouse gas emissions, ethical food choices, animal welfare and food security. She is the co-founder and chief scientific officer of Opal Bio, which is New Zealand's first company supplying cells to cultivate meat from. Dr. Dormigan is a finalist in the entrepreneur category of this year's Kiwi Net Research Commercialization Awards, and she's with me now. Hello. Hi, Kim. Can you tell me what you are doing, please? Sure. So basically, the underlying technology um, comes from tissue engineering. So you take cells, you take a material, which take cells from where? So that depends on what you're trying to grow. In this case, we're trying to grow meat. Um, so the cells that we use come from New Zealand livestock. So if you're trying to grow chicken, you take some cells from a chicken? Yeah. So or from an egg, probably. Do yes. You? Well, it depends on the type of technology that you're going to use um, with these cells. So the cells that Oppo works with are primary cells. So this means they are cells that are taken um, directly from the source animal. So, for example, we work with Angus and Wagyu cows. Um, so we would take a small sample of the muscle tissue, and from that you can pull out a whole lot of different cells that are present and find the ones that we're looking for, which are those stem cells that are able to multiply rapidly. Right, so you want the stem cells... How do you persuade the stem cells to turn into, you know, the other sorts of cells that you need? Yeah, so I guess within, if you're trying to grow meat, the cells that you want are going to be the cells that will produce muscle mainly, um, but you're also going to want fat and some connective tissue. So there's different cues um, or, I guess, signals that you can give these cells. And when we're growing those in the lab, we provide these in the form of the media, um, which you can think of like the Gatorade or Powerade that you're feeding to the cells. What do you feed the cells? So currently what we're giving them, um, it's largely medical grade media. Um, there needs to be a large shift in the industry to using food grade media but we're feeding them basically all of their different amino acids, um, sugars, and different nutrients that those cells need to grow, plus the growth factors or the signaling molecules that will tell those cells what type of final cell to turn into, whether that be muscle or fat. So you've, you've got a product, and your product will be, I don't know, a container of muscle, fat and connective tissue cells, will it? Yes. So we sell vials of cells. Um, that's our first product. So we launched this uh, November, December last year. Um, and so we sell vials of these cells currently to researchers in the cultivated meat industry. Uh, what we are moving to now is looking at licensing these cells to larger scale cultivated meat producers. 
And are the researchers and the producers, are they all, I'm guessing, in the United States? Uh, so we've sold cells here in New Zealand. Um, we've also sold them to Singapore, uh, the United States and Europe. And is this, I mean, it's obviously a growing thing. You think it's going to be a major source of food in the future? Honestly, at this point, there is a lot of uncertainty over, I guess, both how successful this technology will be and also um, how both accessible to consumers because of the price point that it comes out at and also how consumers respond to it as a new product. Why are you being honest, Laura? <laughs> when, when people who start up a company such as this are usually very gung-ho, I'm not suggesting they lie, but there is an enthusiasm which encourages optimism. Why don't you do that? I'm definitely optimistic, but I guess I'm very pragmatic and realistic. I'm a scientist. Um, I think that in a field like this, you're trying to sell people on something completely different to how we know that we consume meat. So particularly in New Zealand, we're very comfortable with seeing a farm and, you know, then a steak appears on your plate mysteriously. I think if we pretend that this new technology isn't both disruptive and challenging, um, I don't think that gives it a greater chance of success. You've been involved in... Um making things from other things before, for example, corneal transplants. Uh, you were helping to grow corneal tissue back rather than replacing it or using fish tissue of some kind to make the corneas. Yeah. Have, is that, are you still doing that or are all your efforts devoted to cultivated meat now? Yeah, so I still have a research lab at the University of Auckland, um, and then I spend half my time working at OppoBio. So within my research lab, um, those projects are still ongoing. Um, I've got some awesome, I guess, young researchers, uh, Judith and Izzy, working on those projects still, and we're getting exciting results. So I guess it comes, it, yes, it's hard to divide your time, but the underlying technology. Um, you know, growing cells for a purpose, and those cells need to be functional. It's the same technology. So do you actually extract these cells from an animal? So we're currently working with New Zealand farms, and the way that it works um, for us, and this has kind of been based on both technical results, but also what works best with existing on-farm processes, is that these are animals that are already destined for slaughter. Mm. And so we take a very small uh, kind of, you know, two centimetre square piece of muscle tissue at that point. Right. And you're only doing beef cells at the moment? Uh, beef is where we are focusing a lot of our efforts. Is we that easier? Uh, no, I would say it's probably one of the harder ones. Um, and it's where we kind of had our first expertise, I guess. Um, but we have beef cells and we also now have are working on both pig and sheep as well. Why is it harder, beef? Um, I mean, to be honest, every different livestock cell has its own challenges. If you look at the cell line industry, there's very few different organisms that are actually cultured. Um, and particularly 
until now, there's not really, I mean, why, why do people want to culture cow cells other than, um, you know, for this reason? So it's more that the challenges come from the fact that a lot of the, say, um, the different chemicals that you use to culture these cells and the protocols have all been established for the medical industry, so for human cells. And so beef and lamb and chicken, would they all need different things? All need different things. Um, they all, even little things around, they might need a slightly different temperature for optimal growth. Um, if you could then move into, say, growing uh, seafood, um, that changes again even more dramatically. If, if Have you eaten anything that has resulted from one of your cell lines? I haven't eaten any of our cells. Um, don't know if I'm allowed to do that right now. Um, but I have eaten cultivated meat, yes. What sort of cultivated meat? Uh, so the cultivated meat that I've eaten is cultivated chicken. And what did it taste like? So I tasted um, So I tasted these actually as part of a technology competition, uh, XPRIZE Feed the Next Billion competition. And so these were, I guess I should give the caveat that these were experimental products. Right. Um, and I will say they were, they ranged. Um, there was a surprising chicken taste, uh, which is a good thing. And also, I guess, when it comes down to it, it's not that surprising because they are chicken cells. Right. So I guess uh, maybe not completely there yet, but pretty good, yeah. And why wouldn't it be completely there? I mean, what you've got is chicken meat, right? What what else would you need for it to be chicken? Yeah, so I guess the thing is it's not just chicken meat currently. So because of the technical challenges um, and the price challenges currently in producing these cells at scale, that means that a lot of these products are blended products. So you're taking cells, treating those cells as a high-value ingredient and adding them into a plant protein uh, patty or something like that. So I guess you're not having something yet. Um, the products that are available are not 100% no. cultured animal cells. And it's, so what you're saying is it's actually highly processed food. Yeah, I mean, this is always an interesting one because of the, I guess, there's a lot of stigma around processing and food and it's, yeah. I mean, all food is processed, it just depends how you're defining that. Yeah. But yes, there is a lot of um, food science involved in the making of these um, foods and so yes, different processing techniques are used. Who do you think the market is for, for lab-grown meat? I mean, rich people, presumably, because it's not going to be cheap anytime soon. Yeah, so the ultimate goal um, is that this is a food that can be produced in a variety of environments and so is working towards, you know, having a decentralised food system. But for that to happen, it needs to be cheap and it needs to be, I guess, a lot more technically easy to create than it currently is. So until that happens, these foods are going to be sold in... Um, I guess, more kind of experimental restaurants or high-end restaurants. Um, a lot of the consumer studies that are being done, I guess it's really hard to kind of tease out who will be eating these because these products don't currently widely exist. If we, I guess if we think about the time frame that it's going to take for the products 
to appear more widely um, and couple that with what we know, it's going to be millennial consumers and likely, I think, um, flexitarians. So those who already um, eat both meat and are familiar with these alternative protein products. Vegetarians wouldn't, you would think, because there's no death of the animal involved. Maybe vegetarians would eat it, but they wouldn't, would they, because it originally came from a bit of animal. Yeah, so that's an interesting one. I mean, where you get the cells from, it is possible to take cells from, say, a feather. Um, So, yeah, that comes down to some, I guess, interesting uh, ethical discussions and what people's different motivations are for their food choices. Uh, Yeah. Um, Would you think that this is good for the planet because it reduces the burden of having to raise animals who eat grass and pollute the place and use up a lot of resources. Yeah, so if this process can happen efficiently, then you're, I guess, getting a better conversion of biomass. Um, you know, we're not... takes a long time to bring an animal to maturity. Um, It takes a lot less time to grow just those cells in a bioreactor. But it all depends on what the energy source is. Yeah, that's right. You mean the energy energy source that you use in the manufacturing process? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's possible that some of this cultivated meat could be more expensive environmentally than your average cow, is it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, we're seeing different life cycle assessments being done. Uh, These vary greatly depending on what the inputs that have gone in, and there's a lot of uncertainty. But definitely the energy source um, that's used as well as the um, quality of the different inputs. So whether a lot of this modelling's currently been done on medical-grade inputs, which, of course, drives your price right up. Whereas if we are working towards having all of these ingredients be high-functioning food-grade ingredients, which is what OppoBio are trying to do, then you're actually going to be able to um, ideally bring those costs down a lot. Mm. Interesting. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you, Kim. Dr. Laura Dormigan, who was a finalist in the entrepreneur category of this year's KiwiNet Research Commercialisation Awards.